Um, so I'm going to say a quick prayer and then get started. Um, Jesus, I ask that you would bless this message and that you would help me to communicate uh, truth, that you would help me to offer up different uh, perspective about the nature of God and that you would uh, give us all peace as we go about our day. In your name, amen. Um, so, uh, it's okay, Ted. Um, I was not initially planning on, on talking today. It's okay, you want to sit by me and watch ABCs? Okay. Here, why don't you sit right here? You want to sit by Mark? Oh, okay. You sit right here. Here, don't stand on that. Good job. Okay, so I was not originally going to speak today, um, but Luke is not feeling the greatest, has some heat exhaustion, which I will probably get by the time I'm done with this. And then, um, so we were just, he, uh, we chatted for a, a minute on Friday night, and he asked, you know, if I would be able to talk today. So um, hopefully this message is as beautiful as two days of thought can give a message. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I normally don't like put a title on a message, but for this one, I felt like I could. Um, so if it's on the website, you can call it this, but I, I, I can't hold you, Ted, sorry. Um, I thought about calling it the, the God in the Glass Box. <laughs> so, you want to go by Luke? You can sit by Luke. You can show him your ABCs. Okay, so, anyways, what I was saying is, uh, for everyone who's listening to this message and not here, uh, that voice that you keep hearing is my son, because he wants my attention. Um, <laughs> So I thought I, my thought for this message should be called the God in the Glass Box. Um, and I wanted to start off with, like, it's kind of, like, cheesy, but I felt like it might be kind of a good exercise. Um, I want everyone to close their eyes for a minute. And you don't actually have to close your eyes, but just don't, like, look at anyone else. Um, so close your eyes or don't look at anyone else. And I want you to think about God for, like, a minute. And not even a whole minute, because that's a long time. But just think about God for a second. And then I want us as a group for like a minute or two to discuss what it is we saw. So everyone open your eyes. And does anyone want to volunteer? When I close my eyes and I think about God, this is my concept. Yeah. Cosmic force. Oh, cosmic force. Okay. So you guys are all better people than I am because that's not the perception I have of God. Um, I guess, so I've been, uh, I've been coming to Bloom for eight years, and my perspective of God has been slowly changing year over year, and my concepts of God change, but ultimately, when I think about God, or I close my eyes, and I process it, and I put an image on God, it's always an old white dude. 
like it always is. Like even though I know God is not an old white dude, like subconsciously, and I don't know if it's because of how I was raised or what the, uh, all the, you know, how he's depicted in all these murals and things, but every time I have to put like an image on God, it's almost always an old white guy. Um, and even though I know that's not the case, it's still, like, that's still my first thought. Like, even though I, ha- I had to consciously be like, no, that's not what God looks like. But in my head, every time, I'm like, it probably looks like Ian McKellen in Lord of the Rings. Like, every time, like, that's what I go to. So, um, and the reason I want to talk about it is I think how we perceive God and our concept of God and our image of God really shapes the way of our faith. Like, it, it shapes how we perceive God, but it also shapes how we perceive heaven. It shapes how we perceive other human beings. Um, and if our God looks a lot like us, then it tends to have a lot of the same preferences we have, even regarding people who are different than us or people that we don't like. So I feel like there's so many times where the God in my head is also doesn't like the person that I don't like. Or, um, and I feel, you know, this is, I'm being honest and vulnerable. Um, so much of my childhood and my life, my concept of heaven was that it was full of people who looked exactly like me. Like it was full of um, like white Minnesotans. Like it was, like that was my, that was just my concept of what heaven is going to be like. And uh, <laughs> the, um, and I think when we have a concept of God that looks like us, we feel like we kind of have a little bit of ownership over that God. So if we have a God that looks like how we want him to look, then we have ownership over that image of God. And I don't believe that God can be owned. Um, so I want to talk about a lengthy part of my topic today is going to be correlated to a book that I read a couple of years ago. Um, there is a series by Philip Pullman, and it's called His Dark Materials. Um, it's more commonly known by, as like the Golden Compass series. There was a book that came out probably like 20 years ago called The Golden Compass, and it follows this girl um, kind of discovering other worlds and things like that. But it's, a, it's an atheist's response to like... Narnia. It's like a. It's like the same sort of concepts and same sort of storytelling, but it's all in a completely different light. Um, and that's what I'm going to talk about for a long time because when I read it, it changed a lot of my concepts about what God looks like and what about religion should look like and what the goal of religion should be and what the image of God should be like. Um, so in the book. He uses uh, the word dust and the concept of dust as a metaphor for like human consciousness. And as I was reading it, I was identifying that this dust that he kept talking about, these, uh, this energy force, these particles that made up everything and were a part of everything, was kind of how I am seeing God a little bit. It was a... I don't think he intended it to be a God character, but in my mind, I was like, oh, like, that's how God is, like, in everything and around everything and a part of everything. And in this world that this man created, there 
was a character called The Authority. Um, and The Authority in this book series is very similar to uh, our concept of God. Um, it, was, it was the thing that people worship. People worship the authority. And uh, there was an institution in this world called the Magisterium, and it was set up to basically give praise to the authority. And it's, um, in the book, it's very similar to the Catholic Church. Like, there's a lot of things about it that are, that are kind of echoes. Um, and basically, the point of this book is these children go through all these different worlds, and they encounter dust in a different way. And they, the concept of it is almost a little bit different in every world, but it all kind of points back to the same thing. And in the end, they come across the authority. And what the authority is, is it's God in a glass box. And all of the angels are carrying around this figure of God in this glass box. And they're, he's, he's frail and old, and he looks like an old white man. And they're using him to uh, basically condone whatever their actions are. They, they bring him around and say, like, this is why we need to have this war, and this is why we need to do this, and this is why we need to do that. And at the end, what the kids do is they open up the box, and the old man stands up, and he turns into dust. And like, in my head, I was like, a lot of people could take this as they're saying, um, God needs to die, or we need to kill God, or um, we don't need a God in order to, to be a healthy population. And I think... My understanding, as I was reading it, is the authority was a concept of God that was different than the actual character of God. So as I'm reading it, this thing that was in everything, these atoms, these particles, this dust, that was what made up God. That is what created everything. That is what uh, basically progressed into good things. And in order to understand it, the picture that everyone had in their mind had to die. Um, and it goes into this really interesting concept of heaven as well. Um, we're as a community right now reading a book uh, called Finding God in the Waves, and it's um, by Mike McCargue. Uh, thanks. <laughs> and in the book, he's wrestling with his concepts of how do I take what I know about science that makes me an atheist and pair it with my concepts of Jesus and my concepts of God? And it's been really fascinating to read because there's a part where he talks about the right and the left hemisphere of your brain and how studies have shown that it's almost like you have, not like two personalities, but there's almost like two things that identify. So like your, the left side of your brain controls something and the right side controls something. And they've done tests that the, there can be two different opinions in your own head. Like the left side will believe something and the right side will believe something else. And that has given him permission to feel like, I can scientifically say there is no God, but the other part of my brain also says there has to be. And uh, I've kind of been processing that along with this concept of God not being a person, but being in everything and around everything. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm like hopping back and forth between books. So in the 
His Dark Materials series, there's a concept of heaven that I want to talk about because I think it's super fascinating. Um, part of what we understand about science, and you can all correct me in discussion if I'm wrong, but what we have here on our physical presence of Earth is we have atoms. Like, we're all made up of atoms, and we're all made up of matter, and matter cannot be created or destroyed. What happens is atoms basically convert energy into other energy. There's not a, like, what we are made up of, all of us, is what has been here all along, like, since the beginning of the Earth. Like, we are all made up of the atoms that have been here the whole time. And uh, uh, Philip Pullman uses that to, to talk about the eternal, to talk about God, to talk about the afterlife. And there's a part in the book where um, the two children realize that they're going to die. And what they say to one another is, every atom of me and every atom of you will live in the birds and the flowers and the dragonflies and pine trees and in the clouds and in those little specks of light that you see floating in sunbeams. And when they use our atoms to make new lives, they won't be able to take one, they'll have to take two. One of you and one of me will be joined so tight. This is kind of my, this is my kind of branch into how am I gonna understand God and science together? How am I going to believe in the eternal when we don't have proof of the eternal? How am I going to believe in God when we don't have proof of a God? Um, so my kind of shift to understanding God is not as a being, is not a person in a box, not a, an entity that looks like me, but it's something that's in everything. It's something that's around everything. It's something that created everything, that's moving through all things. Um, it's something that moves us towards good. It's something that motivates us towards love. And uh, it's something that I don't have ownership of. Like, I don't own it more than anyone else does. Um, to go into another completely different reference, uh, there was a new Star Wars movie that came out, not the Solo one, but the, um, the Last Jedi. And Luke talks about the Force with Rey, and he says, um, the Jedi don't own the Force. To assume that if the Jedi die, that the light will die is vanity. And I think that that's an interesting concept, too, in our, relative to our faith. Like, God belongs to the world, belongs to all of us. It's not a, um, yes, we do have a personal relationship with it, and there is, like, an intimate connection there, but it's also a great equalizer because everyone has God just as much as we have God. So how do we, defi how do we really define God? I, I think... Um, you have, to, uh, you have to believe in something, because if you believe in everything, you really believe in nothing. Um, and uh, I think everyone will kind of have to define God themselves. Um, I think that I've been raised my whole life to understand that God is love and God is good. But even those terms I've used pretty selfishly. Uh, because when I think about God being love, I think about God loving me. And I think about God being good, meaning God will make good things happen in my life. And uh, even God being good is hard to define because what does good mean? Like, does good mean it's good for me? Does good mean that everything in my life works out for my benefit? Or what is, what is goodness? 
And I think to understand God, we have to understand that those, those are directed towards us, but they're equally and evenly distributed to everyone else. Um, if God is everywhere and in everyone and in everything and sacrificed his life to be with everyone and with everything, then God has just the same amount of love and depth of drive to know me as he does Mother Teresa and Harvey Weinstein. Like, there's not, there's nothing that sets me different from the rest of the world. God loves me just as much as he loves everyone else. Um, and I think I am trying my hardest to, when I close my eyes, think of God like that. To think of it in a concept where God is moving in everything and through everything and through other people that I might not even call Christian or even have the same belief system as me, but when we shift our concept of God to look like something other than ourselves, I think we can start to fully appreciate the beauty of it and start to see God in ways that we never saw before. Um, we can start to believe in goodness in other people and know that um, God has the potential to touch someone else's life just as much as ours. Um, I don't really have too much more than that. Um, I'm going to pray and then we can kind of break up all the random things that I said and see, see if we want to talk about any of them. Um, Jesus, I ask that you would give us wisdom to uh, dialogue today and to break down our concepts of what you should be um, into who you are. And I ask that you would continue to bless us and help us to see all the ways that you show up that are unconventional and different than what we expected. In your name, amen.